Mark Mabry is the photographer and creator behind the beautiful photos portraying Jesus Christ in the art collection called Reflections of Christ. Mark also has an Instagram account, Reflections of Christ, where he shares thoughts about the Savior and insights and inspiration behind the shots he created. I was so curious to know more of the backstory behind what made him want to pursue this work, so I asked Mark if he would be willing to share that with me and my audience. So today, Mark shares with me some incredibly inspiring stories about change, being willing to listen to God's direction, and little miracles that have happened as he's created Reflections of Christ. Today, I have Mark Mabry with me. I'm so excited. He is the content creator and photographer behind Reflections of Christ, which is something that has been so transformative and um, a huge piece of, not just piece of art in our home, but piece of uh, my testimony and just so powerful to me and my family. And so I'm really excited to hear the behind the scenes of his career and his work and what has inspired him to do all of this. So say hi, Mark. Hey, Corinne. Great to be here. So good to have you. So let's start with your background and what got you into photography and this, um, you know, where did you start with all of this? Where did I start? It's it's funny. I was going to be a lawyer. I was Mm -hmm. It was 2000. I was going to ASU. I was a junior in political science. Okay. Um, And then 9-11 happened. And I woke up that morning and had a little boy who was almost one year old. Mm -hmm. And um, I woke up to go to school. And I watched, I saw in the news, the Twin Towers falling. I was like, oh man, it's clear across the country. I was in Arizona, going to Arizona State. And... I didn't realize how that affected me. I got to school, sat down, and for some reason was just completely disinterested. And and I got up and walked out of class, walked to the bookstore, grabbed a magazine off the rack, um, a photo district news, looked at Mm -hmm. it for a second. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go be a photographer. Walked out of ASU. Wow. Didn't bother withdrawing, which killed my GPA for when I went back. Um, 10 years later. Um, and I went home and I told my wife, I was like, Hey babe, what do you think about moving to Santa Barbara? And so we moved to Santa Barbara to attend the Brooks Institute of photography because I wanted to do it right. Um, and she was surprisingly super cool about it. I mean, wow. not surprisingly because she is cool, Yeah, but it was kind of a wild turn. Just on a whim. Wow. Just on a whim. And so I spent, so we went there and I spent the next, you know, eight, nine years doing portraits and commercial and weddings and stuff like that. Shooting on film primarily. That was fun. Um, yeah. Now it's kind of unique. But That's like old school now. It's old school. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I laugh when I see everyone like shot on film. I was like, it's way easier. You know, it's way nicer. Yeah. But, um, and then about, and I'm, I'm cutting to the chase, you know. Uh, I had built a business that was really strong. Um, my photography career was going well and I was bored stiff. And I was like, if this is what I'm doing in 20 years, I will not be happy with my life. And so I like started to pray like quietly, didn't say anything to my wife, bless her heart. We're finally at this business that's cranking. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what do I do? I, 
I didn't have any plan B, you know, all my friends, it was 2007 in Arizona. So everybody was getting super rich in real estate. I was like, that's what I need to go do real estate. And, and I, as I started to pray about it, I got nothing. I was like white noise. And then finally I was like, okay, I, I got something and it was change your music. And I was like, okay, is that, is that like metaphor? Is that, is that a symbol for something? And that, and I'm talking about the prompting that I got, just the feeling. And it's like, no, get rid of it. So I went to my, my iTunes and this is, this is a condensed version. I'll, I'll cut to the, I'm cutting to the chase. Yeah. Went to my iTunes, dumped about a thousand dollars. This is back when you used to have, you used to have to buy. Right. The, you know, about 29 song. Yeah. We all had iPods. Yeah. So I dumped like a ton of my, my, my Jay-Z, my, and still I listen to clean Jay-Z. I love it. But (laughs) I, I dumped all the stuff that would have been, I guess, driving the spirit away. Yeah. Um, And then I, I go back, I'm like, okay. And I, with a little more like force, you know, and, and the white noise is gone a little bit. I'm talking about spiritual white noise. Right. And and the next thing was, okay, go throw away your art books in Santa Barbara. And afterward, I had amassed a pretty big library of photography books. And anyone who's studied photography, you know that if you buy a photography book, and I'm not talking about the normal textbooks, I'm talking about like from the famous classic artists, you're going to get a lot of nudes and things like that, that yep. probably wouldn't classify as pornography, but try explaining that to an eight-year-old who only sees a naked person. No, this literally happened to me a couple of weeks ago when my daughter daughter came to me and said, mom, I saw pornography. And I said, you did? And she said, yeah, in your pink book. And she brought me, and I said, bring it to me. So she brought me this coffee table book that I had bought. And of course I didn't flip through it because I bought it because it was a pretty cover. Oh yeah. And sure enough, there it was, it was a drawing, but still definitely, you know, two nude people and, um, so yeah, so <laughs> exactly. Try explaining that to an eight-year-old. I, I was like, okay, we really have to be more aware of what we have inside of these books in our home. Yes. And, and so this wasn't even in my home. This was at my studio, which was a couple miles from my house. Okay. So I, it was early one morning I got up, it was a Sunday. And before I could think about it, I'm just like, I'm just going to do it. What the heck? I don't want to be a photographer anyway. So I went to my studio, opened it up got them all. I just dumped them in the trash, wheeled it to the curb. I'm like praying that it's gone by Monday so that I don't rethink this. Yeah. Right. Cause it was a lot of books. It was kind of expensive and a lot of them I liked. Yes. And so I did that, go back a little more clarity at the same time. I started shooting a lot of commercial stuff and big commercial shoots. I would, I would pound like rock stars and monsters before it. <laughs> and and I was pretty well, you, I was addicted. All right. I'm not even going to qualify it. I was addicted. And, and that was the next thing is stop drinking those. And I was like, okay, now this has gone a little far, you know, but I did cold Turkey. And so listen, all of a sudden I've got, you know, and I've been fighting. I, I tried to play college football for a little bit, but that's tough when you have a, a baby and a wife and you're at ASU, no place for a walk on, yeah. but I gained 50 pounds. So I was like, I 
I lost most of it, but I was always fighting with it. I still am, right? Because my body wants to go there. And so now cut out my good music to running and take away my energy drinks. I was just like fat and cranky with a headache. And (laughs) that was the condition I found myself when I'm sitting in my studio one day and it occurred to me um, pretty directly, you need to do a project about Jesus. And I was like, okay, Um, first of all, painters do that, not (laughs) photographers. Right. It had never been done, Um, or at least successfully, it had never been done. So I had no one to look at, um, but it wouldn't leave me alone. And in our town, there was this huge Easter pageant that would happen every year. Mm -hmm. And the director of the Easter pageant was a client of mine for photography. So I called her. I'm like, I'm just going to exercise this demon. I'm going to make the call. She's going to say, you're crazy. And we're done. And I'm like, Hey, Nancy, um, I feel like I should do this. And she's like, great. We could use them for PR. I'm like, looks like I'm in. And so from then on, like from that moment on floodgates open. Right. Um, and, and I was, interested not in my business of photography anymore but just this project all i could think about was it like all the time just like picturing things in my head and feeling strong like the art brought me back to jesus yeah and it's not like i was gone but i'll caveat this right before i did this project i went and shot a a big ad campaign for a high-end like salon right Um, girls in mini skirts, that whole thing. Um, and they didn't have enough to pay my rate, but they were buying like huge ad spends in magazines that would go all over the state. And so I said, okay, just give me ad space on your magazine to say shot by Mark Mabry. And at the time when I shot that a few months prior, it was a great idea. I was like, okay, cool. It's just going to further my brand. It's like commercial and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, fast forward, I finished Reflections of Christ with the project, which is now known as Reflections of Christ. Um, all of these images portraying the Savior. And honestly, it will, we can dive back into it if you want. But I finished it and there was to be this huge grand opening that the Easter pageant was sponsoring. And they were inviting like who's who like 700 people showed up and, and it was the night of my life. Honestly, I felt I was floating, man. I was emotionally wrung out. Um, and the art that, that had come out of me, came from a really deep place. And so I really got to know myself well in the process. And then to my horror, the day after my exhibit, and the exhibit comes out and it was a traveling exhibit. And there was like 20 some odd pictures. Mm -hmm. And to my horror, there were awesome articles about it. Like grand opening, go see it. Thousands of people were going, like tens of thousands. Um, and I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Right. It was nuts. Um, I would try to go to lunch 
And people would come like crying saying, I just took my kid to your exhibit and they came back home or whatever. Right. That type of thing. Yeah. And so I had, I couldn't go to my same lunch spots anymore <laughs> uh, because I'd never finished my burrito. And so right in the middle of this, this is the, to my horror part, I get a call from the lady that owned the salon or the people in charge of the ad. And they're like, Hey, our ad's going to drop tomorrow. Oh no. The day after I've like been completely reborn as um, I guess a Christian artist. Um, yeah. I didn't recognize myself as that until about six months ago, but then this is, I'm talking 10 years ago. There's 12 years ago. This happened the day after in the mailboxes of everybody in my community on the back cover was a chicken, a mini skirt, like a really sexy photograph advertising this salon with my stupid smiling face, like a picture of me shooting it shot by Mark oh. Mabry. I was like, Oh gosh, <laughs> it was the most awkward thing of my life. I felt like, driving around and just raiding everybody's mailbox real quick. But of course that's impossible. So what do you do right. when your past catches up with you? Not that it was even, it's not like it was again, pornography. It, it just was so far from my mind five, six months later. Right. That I was just devastated, like about in tears. Of, and I told my wife, I was like, this is so awkward and so stupid. And I was faced with this dilemma of who are you going to be? Hmm. You can let reflections of Christ be this one-off thing where commercial photographer portrays Jesus mm -hmm. and it can be, Hey, cool. It can live right alongside the stuff you shot for Barrett Jackson auto auction or whatever, or you can just own it and be like, Hey, we're complex. I've changed. And I believe everything that I said about Jesus through this art, including that he can change me in a really fast amount of time. And that even though my past can't disappear because it still lives on this stupid magazine, which probably nobody saw really like no one's paying attention to who shot the back cover. Right. Right. You're but probably I thinking saw, it's right. I saw it, but it forced that, it forced that in me and it forced me to go to my website and to the point where it looked like a kid with a bunch of missing teeth. And I'm like, what am I even doing? Um, and I just, I threw away a good half of my career. Um, and I was back to, you know, thinking, thinking at that time, it looks like it's weddings and baby pictures. I'm stuck forever. Oh. You know, I, babies are cool. I hate shooting babies. I'm not a good baby shooter. Um, and so that part of my career was really short lived anyway. Um, and, and so, um, I just bit the bullet and long, long story short, a publisher called or long story, mm -hmm. a little less long, a publisher called, um, not long after that, I was on the way camping with my son. And they're like, hey, I saw this thing. I got an email. It went viral, 2007 viral, which was blogs and email. Yes. 
And my, my inbox was insane. The stuff people were emailing hundreds every morning. Um, wow. And uh, tear jerkers that I had to answer. So my whole day was answering emails. Um, they're like, Hey, we want to publish you. And so I, I made a book deal. Um, best part of my book deal was that I owned all the image rights. Um, the book goes regional bestseller. And, and all of a sudden I had a year or two off to decide what I wanted to do. It, it bought me the time. And so I went back to ASU to all of my ease that I earned from my famous walkout three weeks into the <laughs> semester wow. and um, came back, finished my degree in Russian, then finished a master's in writing. And then said, what now? You know? So that was kind of what brought me to reflections of Christ. So, wow. What an incredible story. And just, I really, really love what you shared about, you know, your past popping up some, you know, a, a small decision. It seemed like at the time that came at a pivotal time where you kind of had to make a choice and so interesting to hear how that all came together. And I do think there are some interesting things to point out here too. I think a lot of times we feel like everyone's eyes are on our mistakes or on our, whatever our character defects are. And, and I just don't think it's that way. I think that we all feel like we've got our, our less than perfect moments in everyone's mailbox when probably most people are so worried about their own life and their own character defects and the things they need to work on and whatever's going on in their life that they're really not paying attention. But yeah. isn't that just Satan's trick to be, and I feel like it happens right after something that could be so pivotal for your relationship with God or your your testimony in Christ that it's like something to come right in and question and make you feel like you're not worthy and not good enough. Every time, every yeah. time. Um, you know, that's the thing about, I've been forced to really dive into Jesus. Mm -hmm. right? I, luckily, um, I've found that the more I, I'm in this unique situation where my career demands like integrity mm -hmm. uh, of my life. Right. And I've, yes. And I've felt at times when times when I'm not as dialed, my art does worse. And it's, it's really, it's like E.T. and Elliot for anyone that's ever seen E.T. Like <laughs> when E.T. six, so is Elliot. Yeah. And, um, and I've been forced kind of to do that and it forces me to study and it worked really hard. But one of the things that I've realized is that the, the gospel of Jesus Christ as a philosophy, if you're, if you're going to look at it alongside like Zen Buddhism or Stoicism or any of the popular ones right now, mm -hmm. as a philosophy, the gospel of Jesus Christ is pretty good. But the philosophy of Jesus Christ is nothing more than that until you add a savior and, and the savior, somebody, a, a being who can, without any reward, make you whole and make unfair, fair, unjust, just, injured, uninjured, without any payment back is the thing that gives power to the philosophy of Jesus Christ. And, and so like love one another is a great thought, but Buddhism teaches that mm -hmm. 
And so does stoicism in a way, because they're like, don't worry about your enemies, you know? Um, <laughs> but to, to realize that someone else can hurt me and I don't need to seek retribution um, because Jesus can make me whole and them whole is, is the essence of, of the gospel. And so with my, with my past coming back up, right? It would be really hypocritical and, and weak of me to, or those are strong words because past attacking us is a thing and it's hard, but it would be right. really faithless of me. Um, I definitely want to be practiced what I'm preaching mm-hmm. um, or what my art preaches. If, if I couldn't say, you know what, that's there, but it doesn't have to hurt anymore. And, and I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for a philosophy backed by blood. It's yeah. something that I can really dive into and, and understand that these seemingly impossible tasks like love your enemy, how that can be made possible. And I'm thankful for that. I I so agree with that. And I feel like my personal testimony of that is tied into, and anyone who knows me well or listens to our podcast frequently knows that we're really into the 12 steps. And I feel like there's so many great resources out there for people who struggle with addiction. There's, um, you know, there's therapy and there's inpatient and outpatient recovery centers and things that are good. But if we didn't need a savior, if we didn't need the atonement of Jesus Christ, then we could just go pay for some other resource to fix our problems. And and I feel like he is the only one who can wholly, perfectly, completely heal people, just like you're saying. So I, I have very strong, similar sentiments too about, you know, why Jesus is the one and only thing that can, you know, and not thing, but person who can make all of our hearts whole and our wrongs right and everything complete that we need. And better than before, right? Yes. Yes. That's the thing that I love about every story in the New Testament is Jesus finds some broken person who wasn't even looking for him, Mm -hmm. demanded nothing of him. Like the woman that was taken in adultery. Remember, she gets dragged before the guys and they're about to stone her. Now, she didn't say, take me to Jesus. And she didn't even ask for forgiveness. He saves her, loves her, makes her whole. And then when she stands up and she's all right, she dusts herself off and he wipes off the tears. He says, now listen, go, like, don't sin anymore. Mm-hmm. And, but it wasn't the other way around. He didn't say, he didn't say, don't sin and I'll forgive you. Right. It was, it was always like, I love you and y'all will always love you. Now that you're comfortable in that, do you want to change? You know, and I, um, I think a lot of us have, especially when you talk about the 12 steps in addiction, like self-forgiveness is so hard. And, and even if you can like forgive yourself in words, you're, you know, sometimes we still focus on this weakness and we think we can never rise above it, but you can rise above it and you can be stronger than you were before you had the addiction. Yeah. Like way stronger. And Jesus makes things better than they were is the whole point of that long thing. Mm-hmm.
Okay, tell me, I really want to hear about what happens behind the scenes to create these incredibly powerful photos. And, um, you know, I just, I see these moments and I think how, what, what happens to make this happen and feel so real and feel like I am actually picturing the moment of, you know, Jesus and John the Baptist embracing or, um, you know, all of, all of your art. I want to know, like, what, how do you do that? I, um, being a photographer is a lot different than directing a film. Um, I have a 60th of a second to make a point, Mm -hmm. right? And so you can never, like in film, you can kind of apologize for the moment before it's set up for the moment after you can't. And so you have to tell the whole story at once. And, Mm. and so just naturally, I guess, and I didn't even like pre-think this the first time we picked up a camera to do a reflections of Christ shoot, I was pretty intent on having the spirit there, the Holy spirit there. Yeah. Because I had this theory that, and this was before I even knew that anyone would ever see it, but I feel like if it's there, when we create it, it's going to be available when a connoisseur or a viewer looks at it. Right. Right. And so I would do whatever it took to, to get the spirit there. Um, luckily, you know, I wasn't too worried about technical things. Um, I use a lot of lights. I use a lot of big equipment. Um, and I guess that was nice to go and like train professionally for that. But then like 10 years of weddings and having like bride moms over your shoulder. <laughs> no, honestly, it's funny. Cause I used to be ashamed of like, I was like, Oh, that's embarrassing. I was a wedding photographer, but the wedding photographers are cool now, but in like right. 2002, they weren't, I mean, you weren't shooting digital. There was no Instagram. You're just like a goofy dude shooting weddings. Um, <laughs> you and all your friends are doing like a real job. Right. But the fact that I had probably millions of clicks they're just like, shoot, 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 shoot. I didn't have to think about how my camera was working. I didn't have to think about how to give stage direction because once you've done it that many times, you can kind of just flick your eyebrows or say, or grunt. And, and my assistants would know exactly what I needed to happen. And so I could totally focus on the subject, which in this case was the actor portraying Jesus Christ. And, mm-hmm. and so I would be very intent on the scene, right? Like we shot the crucifixion and we shot it on the border of Mexico and Arizona. We had three big crosses mm-hmm. that we drug up and got and, and stabilized them so we could hang people on them. And I had all of these like torches and horses and Roman soldiers and all this stuff, right? And then we get nailed with a rainstorm. And then somebody forgets the torches back a half hour away and I needed them. And so we sat there in the rain. There's nowhere to go. We were in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. We sat there in the rain getting freezing. I had my camera under a bag and, and our actor portraying Jesus is sitting there with no shirt on and the criminals too. And they were just cold and any like cheery, happy disposition gone. <laughs> right. 
And so finally the guy gets back with the torches. We hang all the, all the people where they're supposed to be. And we say a prayer and we start to shoot. Right. Mm-hmm. And the spirit the spirit came and it was there. It was still cold and miserable, but you kind of forget that because you got this little thing inside to hang on to. And then what happened? I had three big lights set up and the rainstorm knocked out one of them. Zap. I was like, okay, that was expensive, but no big deal. Like here we are not as expensive as missing this shot. Knocks out another one. And so I've got one light left and I'm like, oh. okay, we don't even have time. This light's going to die soon. They were just zapping because of rain. Yeah. And this light's going to die soon. I got to shoot fast. And so I'm shooting, 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 shooting with one light, like coming in from the side, really hot and hard, a way that you probably wouldn't think to light it. Mm-hmm. And I get done, I look at the back of my camera. Um, it was early digital. And I was like, whoa, um, it made it just gloomy. And, mm-hmm. and the light like popping off of like, the wet props and stuff. The rain had stopped when we were actually shooting, but mm-hmm. everything was soaking and it looked amazing. And so things like that would happen over and over. Um, just recently, can you want me to tell another one? Yes. Please. Okay. So that was 12 years ago. And about two and a half years ago, I was like, I need to shoot again. It's been forever. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't picked up a camera. I'd been doing like marketing jobs and other things like that. Um, so I bought all this stuff and just kind of like sat on it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. And my wife's like, are you really going to shoot? Like, when is the last time you picked up a camera? Other than the only time I picked up a camera inside of that 10 years was to do the child trafficking stuff that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about that if you want, but it's very related to this stuff. But I hadn't like directed or done anything in a long time. And my actor that portrayed Jesus was now 53. And I was like, ah, um, got to find a new Jesus, which that's hard, right? Yeah. That's hard because if you, if you whiff on that, it doesn't matter how well you shoot it. Right. And so I found, I found a new actor, um, a guy that my daughter, my daughter's a musician. She had a gig with a guy. And we walked off and she goes, he should be your next Jesus. This is like two years ago. He should be your next Jesus. I'm like, oh, you don't know, honey. This is my job. You know, that, that type of thing. <laughs> um, and then one day I'm scrolling through Instagram and he pops up and there's this thing in his feed. He's a musician. And I was like, whoa, I just saw it, right? It hit me. And he was there like in a man bun because he had like long hair, he had a man bun and he was just like pensively, someone had taken this photograph like from back in the side. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I call him up and I'm like, listen, man. And I, I don't, I don't really give their names because a, I don't want people to get hung up on that. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't, I'm the same way with, if, I'm sure you've watched the chosen Mm-hmm. But I kind of don't want to see Jonathan Rumi's like, I'm just like, yeah. nope, no, 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 you're Jesus to me. I don't even want to see you in real life. Like, I don't want you to exist outside of this persona that I have decided is a real person. Yes. I mean, I know that Jesus is a different person than him, but I don't really want to see anything else about his life outside of the character that I have decided in my mind he is. Yes. I'm going to make a note real quick because 
I want to come back to something you just said when I finish the story. But yes, and I love Jonathan Rumi, by the way. Incredible. And what Dallas Jenkins has done. The Chosen is so needed and so timely and so inspired. Um, Okay, so I call this guy and he's like, you want me help what? Um, (laughs) And turns out, like he told me this story that first he said no. And then I'm like, dude, just go with me for a sec. You don't have to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and anything but no is that first for somebody that would have been like, yeah, great. I could play Jesus. No problem. I'd be like, ah, you might be the wrong guy. <laughs> but longer our conversation went on, he goes, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And he goes, okay, but you can, he goes, if you rethink this at any point, just, just like say the word, I won't be offended. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to rethink this. I've got my, like, I, I've had a pretty clear idea of what you should be. Yeah. He's like, okay, you go, I'm going to call you in a couple of days. Just let this sit for a minute. And have you ever seen Goonies? So many times. Remember when they're putting, um, what's the little fat kid? Am I allowed to call him that? Well, Chunk. that's Chunk. I mean, that's what his character was, right? Yes. Um, and they're sticking his hand in the blender. And he's like, and then this one time? And he's like confessing everything. Yes. That was like my model on the phone when oh. I called, when I called to ask him to be Jesus. He's like listing all the stuff he's done in his life that would not qualify him to play Jesus. And you're like, I'm actually not your like ecclesiastical yeah. leader that you need to confess anything to. So no, I'm not. And I'm like, and for, and, and furthermore, any of us would have a list that long. Yes. And it's Jesus. The whole idea is that you can be better than he found you. Right. So I said, mm-hmm. I called him back in a few days. He goes, I got to tell you a story, man. He goes, when I was 18 years old, living in Riverside, California, want to be rock and roll star. I had an awesome girlfriend and she used to drag me to church. She drugged me. And this is his story, right? He's telling me, he goes, one time, there was this exhibit that she wanted to drag me to. It was a traveling exhibit and it was in Laguna beach. And, and she goes, you got to come to this. And so he goes with it. He goes with her and he goes, I'm standing in this exhibit. And I was moved on by the spirit so hard that I decided to change my life. And I decided that anything that, yes, I wanted to be a rock and roll star, but anything that the Lord would ask, I would do it. And I would always put him first. And he goes, um, that exhibit was yours. No way. And I'm like, whoa, this is seriously, he's 30 now. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And he goes, he goes now. And I started giving him dates and stuff to go shoot. We were going to go to Israel. This is 2019 going on 20. So it was before mm-hmm any shutdowns, any protests, any, anything, right. The world was calm in 19. Yes. And, and so we were going to go to Israel and he goes, Hey, listen, Uh, he calls one day and he goes, "Um, one Republic just called. They want me to open for him. And I mean, this is a break for a guy that wants to be like a rock rock star. star. Yeah. Yes. And he goes, I told them I had another commitment. 
He goes, if you have any wiggle room, I would love to open up one of their, they've, they've asked me to open for two dates. If you have any wiggle room, I'd love to open for at least one of them. He wow. goes, but, but I've told them no. And I was like, whoa. I mean, kind of that test of, did you really mean it when you're 18? And he said, you'd put me first because he felt, he felt something when I asked him to portray Jesus. Like it, it sent him running to the cross. Mm -hmm. Like it's, he was like, oh man, I need to, I need to get, and he wasn't a bad guy. He was a really good guy. Yeah. But, but any of us would be, you know, so. But did you mean it? What you just said, that's so powerful. Did you mean it? And he said, he tells them no. And then I'm like, listen, man, we can scoot. I had a producer in Israel that was pretty flexible. He was cool. I go, we can scoot it. We can scoot it a couple of days in this direction. And you can, and it was supposed to be in April. And, and you can do that first date. And he's like, awesome. Great. Thanks. Calls him back. And then a couple of days later, it's like January or something. Stuff's just shutting down. February, March. Um, and they, they cancel. One Republic cancels their tour. Mm-hmm. And then Israel closes. And so you can't travel there anyway. But he had passed that test, right? And I was like, well, I got the right guy. But still, he had never, ever, like, he'd never acted or modeled or done anything. And all of a sudden, he's got to try to play the son of God. And so I got, I shot at a place in Texas. And they, they had this awesome set. The people were so sweet and it came with costumes that came with everything. Like I, I did an open casting call on, on my Instagram page and we had like 15, 1600 people over the course of 24 hours that said, I want to be in it or I'm, I'm recommending someone. And I had to narrow it down to like six mm-hmm. for these other. So, you know, I'm doing that, whatever. Um, we get to shooting and and the very, I'm trying to think which story I wanted, but something occurred to me while we were shooting because I was really worried. Me and the first actor did two, two big projects together and it was like super smooth, super easy. And, and he looked great. Yeah, he's the walking on water Jesus and the resurrection Jesus, like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and he, he works really well. But this guy comes walking out in, in a robe. I, I would never bring Jesus out on set, like all dressed up as Jesus until we were ready to roll. Because I wanted everybody to be in the right headspace. Okay. And the very first thing we shot was super aggressive was Mary at the tomb. Mm. And so he came walking around the corner and it was incredible. Everybody, you know, Mary just kind of, and, and it was real. And he had this energy that was different than my first Jesus. He, where, where my first Jesus was, his portrayal was like austere power, Mm -hmm. right? You pictured the Jesus that like, you pictured the Jesus that like commanded peace be still. Um, you pictured that Jesus with my first Jesus, the walking on water, Jesus, or the resurrected, right. like, rah. um, <laughs> and, and my next one comes and he was like a light bulb 
or like a, he was like the sun. He had so much energy, just raw energy that it was like palpable. And I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm getting taller standing by you. And, and, and then it dawned on me like months after we shot, I was sitting here, this is just a few months ago now. I was sitting here going, you know what? If we ever really want to portray Jesus, it's going to take a heck of a lot more than two guys because everybody shows this other element of Jesus. Like Jonathan Rumi, right? Shows this really affable, lovable, like brotherly human Jesus. Yes. So relatable. And so relatable. And he, I mean, that guy was born to play that role so well and he does a good job at pulling off the other stuff too Mm -hmm. but probably if you're going to cast all those moments of jesus you would need 60 or 70 different people um and and the second man he in our very last shoot we went to texas for like three days two three days our very last shoot we were shooting the raising of the daughter of jarius and it's on my instagram and I, I've just been like, I didn't do any big grand openings for these things. I just kind of like put them out. They're not even available as prints. So I just put them on Instagram. And he, he walked in and right before he walked in, he and I were kind of back consulting. And I, and I told the story of the daughter of Jerry. So we had this little family, this little Romanian immigrant family that was just beautiful, all dressed up with the little daughter that had just died. And I went and I was talking to Jesus kind of behind the scenes. No one had seen him yet. And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm zapped. I'm out of energy. I'm out of emotion. It's been a long two days. Like I, I got nothing, man. I'm like, I uh, feel the same way. I'm zapped. And he walks into this scene because I set up the scene and I'm like, I want you to walk in just like the story would have been. Mm-hmm. And this little family was crying around their daughter and he walks in and looks at the dad, this, this Romanian man, full beard, um, who was playing Jarius and our actor, our actor for Christ just started to weep. I was like, wow. That, I mean, for, for somebody that had nothing left in the tank, that was pretty powerful, man. And, and you can yeah. see when you zoom in on the image, she's just tears streaming down his face. And afterward, I went up and I hugged him. I'm like, dude, where was that from? Yeah. And he goes, he looks exactly like my brother. And I haven't talked to my brother in 10 years. Like we had a falling out. My brother won't talk to me. I've tried to heal it. And when I saw him kneeling there with his family, I knew what he could be. And it broke my heart. And so all of these images have, have these stories that, aren't super told. Um, but the short answer at the end of the long one is just to say they all had the spirit there. If you look at my healing man, um, the man being healed because like mud on his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you zoom way in on that, you can see something I didn't notice until our big exhibit was done. And I printed these things. I spent hours with every image. But the, the man being healed, who's holding on to Jesus' robe, has like huge goosebumps up and down his arm. Like just riddled with goosebumps. And my sister-in-law saw it. She goes, 
hey, did you Photoshop the goosebumps? I'm like, what goosebumps? You know, it was that type of thing. Wow. Um, so it's something, yeah, they were all, they were all that. And I, I love it. Um, and I know most of the people that effectively portray or do portrayals of, of Jesus have these moments. And if you don't have those moments and you're doing a portrayal of Jesus, it's probably crap. <laughs> like yeah. really, like it's, it's not going to carry. And fun fact, I think, and, and I haven't released anything yet, but it's being well received. It'll be the first black portrayal of Jesus that's gone mainstream. That's so my, so cool. my actor is black native American, Polynesian and French, like black from the Congo. That's where, and he's got this rad, like rad look that you can't guess what he is. Mm. Um, if you go, if you kind of like, if you were to check my Instagram, some of the newer stuff, look for the Brown Jesus. Um, and there, there hasn't been a mainstream portrayal of Jesus that has been uh, a person of color. And people are like, did you do that? Because Black Lives Matter. I'm like, no, I didn't do it because Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter before Black Lives Matter. Yeah. But we did it like a year before that, but we got knocked back by COVID. And I was like, oh, lame. Like now it looks totally reactionary. <laughs> I have to admit that when I saw those, I was like, wow, he was quick on his game. So it is really interesting to hear that in my, I mean, is it fair to say that the Lord was putting that together before? Because that's, that's now listening to your stories. That's what it feels like. Oh, of course, you know, of course God knew that at this specific time, people would be searching for that and needing that and hoping for that. And that, that white would people put the pieces together. That white people would be open to a person of color Jesus. Yeah. Like and that's really weird. Feels weird to say out loud, but um, you know, it's not there there are there are depictions of Christ that are that are black, but some of them are repainted white depictions. Like you occasionally oh. will see like the Jesus in the red robe as a black guy. And it's just weird because he's just like a really tan white guy. I feel like that moment shook a lot of people. And it's funny because my only hate mail, and I love getting hate mail because it it like pushes me hard. But I'll get something back when Instagram used to let me promote posts with Jesus on it. They don't anymore. Um, oh. Interesting, right? Um, this yeah. happened in the last month. Whenever I'd promote them and it'd go to a broader audience, I would get just at least two or three people like, why do you think Jesus was white? And I'm like, I don't. This was just my first crack at it. You know, blame the artists of the Renaissance. But really, when it comes down to it, like, that's the only hate I get was I'm racist because I did a white Jesus. And they're hard. I've been, it's funny because race issues have been one of my things. For like 10 years, um, my daughter, my family, we attended predominantly black branch of our church, like that would meet every month because she likes to sing gospel. Like all of these strong influences in our life and dear friends, like I went to the NAACP convention, you know, like, and here I'm getting called racist by somebody who read a book two weeks ago about why they're bad. You know, it, 
that rug, can you tell it's still kind of raw? Um, yeah. But I was happy um, that we have this depiction, but not only because he's a person of color, because he was the right person to tell the story of Jesus getting up out of the grave. Like he was the right guy. Like I said, he's a, he's a grow lamp. He's just like the most energetic dude. Wow. Anyway. It's really so interesting to hear. <laughs> well, no, it's so interesting to hear all of these stories and hear the background behind what made these images come to life. And, and I love what you've shared about the spirit and how the spirit had to be there to get it right. And, you know, there's just a lot of lessons to learn from that. So Thank you. I, I had so many things I wanted to ask, but I think the stories that you told were more powerful than anything else that I could have asked about. So um, I have one last question for you. Totally. And that is, if I don't go anywhere. I just sit here and write about Jesus all day. So this, <laughs> I got nothing to do. Well, if there's one message that you want the person listening to this podcast episode to remember, what do you want that one message to be? It's this. It's a message about hope. I think that all of us have this glimmer of hope because hope is what keeps us alive. Mm. And Jesus, you look at that word hope in the scriptures over and over and over. Um, no matter where we are, no matter how black the pit, there's this little tiny light inside of us. And sometimes it's, you feel like it's not even there. But when you dig down and you're like, why am I hanging on to life? You can find it. And that hope is planted in us, I believe, by a loving God who sent his son. And that hope is that through the power of Christ, everything can be just. All unfairness can be ironed out. And bad things can turn good really fast when we acknowledge that all of our hope is in Jesus. Or, or at least that the source of our hope is in Jesus. And if you can't wrap your head around that, I tell people all the time, they're like, well, I can't even like, I feel no faith. I said, do you want to believe? They're like, yeah. I said, try that. See what happens if you tell God, I want to believe in something. Just get your head pointed in the right direction because there's hope there. Everything I ever write on Instagram for like the last month, has been around that topic is yeah. somehow it's hope. That's all I got. I love it. Mark, this has been so amazing to hear your stories and to hear the inspiration behind these beautiful photos from Reflections of Christ. Where can people find your work and find you and follow what you're doing and what you share? Um, primarily, primarily Instagram. I, I mainly write for Instagram right now. Um, I've got stuff on Pinterest. I've got stuff kind of all over the place but instagram is the best place to connect with me but can i say on that note and i meant to tell this story about two months ago maybe three i i was really touched because a different instagram influencer had shared something right mm -hmm. and shared a piece of art and her feelings about jesus and i was like that's so cool i love when people do that and so I asked my audience, I'm like, who is, who are some of your favorite Instagram personalities? Like, if, like popular Instagram people who aren't necessarily faith bloggers, but talk about faith. And Mint Arrow was seriously, you and Proverbs 31 girl 
like ran the table. Like I couldn't go, there were hundreds of answers, but I couldn't go 10 without somebody mentioning you. That's really nice. And I think like I go to, I go to the mats to use the Godfather reference. Like I go to battle for influencers who do what you do because you can't a lot of times win for you can't win either way if if you're in a swimsuit one day at a church with your family the next somebody's going to be like i can't believe you're in a swimsuit and someone else is going to be like don't ram your face down my face like you can't win for losing and and it doesn't usually help your brand <laughs> when you come out and say i love jesus and and so i love what you do and and several others similar to you who live a really charmed life where people send you free stuff in the mail and it's <laughs> rad yet yet you feel like sharing this tender part of yourself that doesn't help that free mail situation and, well, and thank you for that i appreciate that but just to i mean my response to that is that it all happened all of none of this would have happened without Jesus anyway. I mean, it's all Amen. from I feel like all of the blessings that we've enjoyed, all of the success that we've had, every single bit of anything that good that has come our way has been because of our faith in Christ. And and so whatever little I can give back to that cause, I'm willing to do anything, whatever, you know, whatever I'm asked to do or feel inspired to do, because it's all from him anyway. So it could it could disappear tomorrow. And if my faith is strong, then I really have something to hold on to. But if I don't have that, it, it doesn't, you can get all the happy mail in the world, but it's not going to fill that hole, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, and it, and it all came from it, all, all of our blessings, I feel like so strongly that they came from God anyway. So I don't know. I just feel like well, I'm eternally indebted. So I might as well try a little bit to pay it back wherever I can. Well, anyway, God so. bless you and your family for it because it's, not always as fun or as easy as it looks. And oh, thank you. Nice job. Thank you. So your Instagram at Reflections of Christ. Yes. And then Sorry, at Reflections of Christ. And then it's Mark Mabry. Yeah, correct? it's it's Mabry is my personal oh, one. Um, don't expect it to be too inspiring. <laughs> it's it's one that people are. It's everything that I don't say on Reflections of Christ, pretty much. Okay. Um, anyway. But your art Thank is you. available for purchase on reflectionsofchrist.com. Uh-huh. And then the yes. Reflections of Christ on Instagram. Awesome. Yes. Well, Thank we'll you. put those in the show notes too. And thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it more than I can say. So do I. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.